This is Authors in Focus. I'm James Reed, a fantasy author publishing under James D. Reed. The first volume of my epic 12-book fantasy series, Shadow of the Dragon, is available for purchase. Check out Foundation of Courage. Today, I'm joined by Brendan and Laura O'Gara. They are the authors of The Traveler Song. How are you doing today, Brendan and Laura? Lori is wonderful, and so am I. Brendan. Well... I like to start out these interviews with a fun question, so I'm just curious, who is the uh, cat person? Who is the dog person? We are both dog people. We, um, Brendan is seriously allergic to cats, like go to the hospital allergic, so we don't have cats. We just have one dog. That's a good reason not to have a cat. Yeah. Reasons not to have a cat, like they're cats. That's that's an excellent reason. But you know, dying. We have one daughter who loves cats, so we send her to visit other people we know with cats so she can pet cats and not have them. <laughs> All right. She goes right to the shower. She just <laughs> she doesn't even come in the house, hardly. So um, how long have you two wanted to be authors? Well, forever and always. <laughs> A long time. Um, I started writing probably in my 20s but never published anything. And then um, in 2016, Brendan said, you know, you need to finish this book that you've been working on for the past 11-something years. So um, I think forever. I don't know about you. Well, I was about 11 years old, and uh, we started doing collaborative storytelling. Yep, yep. Playing Dungeons & Dragons. Yep. Role-playing games are just a version of collaborative storytelling. I started doing that when I was about 11 years old. You two were playing together at 11 years old? Did I oh, hear yeah. that right? Or? Well, we were 12 when we met. So were you high school sweethearts, or did that just happen later? <laughs> we were, until he broke my heart. He did. He broke my heart when I was 16 years old, and I was like, I'm done with you. And But we we stayed friends and grew up. He went in the military, and, and I married somebody. He married somebody else. We both had kids and with other people, and then... Ended up later in life getting back to getting together together and um, yeah, so it's, it's a long convoluted story. <laughs> well, um, let's talk about your novel, The Traveler's Song, which is about a group of travelers on a mission. Uh, Want to tell us about who they are, what their mission is, what's going on in the story? Yeah, okay, buy the book. That's no. a good point. Let's pitch the book. Let's get readers excited no. to read your book. Uh, so in the vein of collaborative storytelling, uh, I couldn't decide on just one person to be the main character. Really, uh, there are five guys who are the main character, and then they pick somebody up along the road, and then she becomes the main character of her own story. And then these five guys are working for someone else, and he becomes the uh, overarching main character. So my ideas are about juxtapositions, about the person you think is the bad guy, probably not. The person you think is a hero, again, probably not. I'm not really good at pitching the book. 
unless it's in my hands and you're across the room, I can pitch it to you. But So the king or emperor, as he likes to call himself, has commissioned these men, these five men, to go out. And their cover story is that they're going out to find the best food through all the kingdoms. So that the king knows where he goes or how he can go about getting the best food and the best things for his realm. What they're actually doing is going out and getting intelligence reports. Like, they show up in a, in a town, and they look at the defenses, they look at the walls, the gates, the guards. They take notes of all these things. They try very hard not to get involved in city politics or city troubles and fail. And they have to do everything in their power to keep each other alive and to work for their emperor to the best of their ability. Well, who, who are they, for instance? The unit, what are their names? What are they like? Oh, you want all that stuff. Okay. Yeah, picture characters. This is what people, this is what readers like. They like characters. Tell us what makes your characters great. So we have a sorcerer slash wizard named Wandalore. Uh, we have a bard, rogue type guy named Johan. We have a nature warrior slash druid named Thalin, T-H-A-L-I-N. We have a paladin uh, of the light. He's like a warrior for God whose name is Dar. And we have another wild warrior or a guy who lives out in the wilderness and not much in town named Gadlin. These are the five characters that I said we started out with. And along the road, they pick up this, uh, how best to describe Charlotte? Runaway. She's a runaway. <laughs> runaway, snooty, princess-type girl who all the men look at and go, we need to protect this girl not only from herself but from the world because she's kind of dangerous. And uh she comes out more in the the second book of the series. She's kind yeah. of a side character mostly in the first one. And then I have the the guy who they all work for, the the emperor as he likes to call himself, whose name is Thanatos, Morclasian, Magni. Not Thanos, Thanatos. And he's a bit of a a different character. Well, we have not prequels, but we have what we call compendium compendium books that are small, shorter um, scenes and things that are on our same uh, in our same universe on the same timeline in different sections. And he kind of he's our common thread through all of those books because Morclasian is uh, immortal. He's been alive a long time and will be alive for a long time. Well, he's not really immortal. He will die eventually, but eventually he will. And it's not just by by a uh plot armor he can't die he's cursed he's cursed and that's something that is hinted at in the first book but it doesn't really become known until the second book that's why you know go buy the book read the book i don't want to give too much away i'm terrible about keeping secrets so they're going down there just checking things out like what's sort of our inciting incident what what kicks the story off Morclixian 
does not want humanity to destroy itself. And humanity has this thing about destruction. The uh, combustion engine is one of the things that leads man down the road towards gunpowder and annihilation. And Morkleskin is trying to keep humanity around long enough for it to understand the uh, words that have escaped me. <laughs> it does that sometimes. It's called writer's block. Um, yeah. Well, our story, it's set for a uh, traveler song is set 4,000 years or so into the future. So it would be like post apocalyptic sort of, um, but not. And so more placing is trying to prevent humanity from doing that themselves again to killing themselves again to to him it's technology is is the root of all evil it's the the cause of everything bad that happened to humans so it's a little bit of our our premise is a little bit of steampunk and a little bit of (laughs) cyber tech it's it's kind of a weird combination of technology that he's um trying to prevent let's shift over to your uh to your writing, how do you guys write the books? Because you're, you're both listed as sort of the co-author, so I'm just curious how yeah. that worked out. Like, how do you guys uh, tackle, you know, writing a book together? Well, it's... Um, you're going to love this answer. <laughs> so we have a, a study, a writing room, that um, we sit back-to-back and we, we write together, and um, we both... Uh, certain characters are more um, are his and some are mine, and and then um, the world building, is, it's all been collaborative. But, but he, he, he and I have completely different writing styles. Um, he is definitely, a, you know, a pantser. Sits down and whatever scene is in his head at the time and whatever he's thinking about, whatever moment in the story he's thinking about, he just writes from there. Um, where I at least, I don't um, necessarily outline everything, but I use plot diagrams and I know I have our, our overall, I know where our book is going and, and he's writing things and then it's like, okay, where am I going to plug it in? Um, definitely, um, if I think if we wrote the same way, it would be more difficult, but because we have two different writing styles, it's easier. Um, I affectionately call him the re- my research assistant because he does all the, all of the heavy research. Um, because with this technology bit, we're having to research things we had no clue about. <laughs> yeah. And um, this is the first sci-fi project for me. I've written contemporary fiction and some nonfiction things, but I'm, I've not written sci-fi, fantasy, nothing before this. So it was a big learning curve for me. But I want the sci-fi to have a basis in reality so that when the reader has the book and they start going, reading about, some technologies that they go, hey, wait a minute, isn't, that, isn't there something like that already? Or what's it? Then I read an article about this in Omni Magazine or in Popular Mechanics. I try to give everything a basis mm-hmm. without making up new words. Well, we've done that too, though. <laughs> That's true. This is why I stick strictly in the fantasy realm. So well, I don't have to research. I mean, we're, we're using. Yeah, we're using the word sci-fi, but really, it's our. This is a steampunk fantasy, but we have. I mean, we have electricity in there. We have. Um, I don't. I don't want to talk too much about book two, but it's got a. Um, you've got a. We've got an underwater civilization, so they have submarines and other things like that that they're using. So there's a lot of. We've been doing a lot of research on 
depth, water depth and what can survive in certain depths and, and you know, because we're trying to, we want just enough truth, you know, what they say, put just enough truth in there to make it believable. So I got that. I've, I've definitely researched some weird things, but yeah. never having to research cutting edge scientific theories. It's like trying to predict things for the future because more clay skin has lived a long time. And we are now back to where the Earth has had a cataclysm and the tectonic plates have shifted. So the countries that were above water are now below water. So he's seen a lot and he keeps, he's kept a few different knowledge vaults so that even if he's not there to help it along, the, the knowledge is not all lost. That's that's very nice. So, um, how do you guys handle the editing? Do you both do editing? Both oh, you guys yeah. just do. <laughs> no, he does. He, he does not edit. Um, he is very much a stream of conscious writer. So he'll send a, a document to me, and I'll say, "Is there not a punctuation mark anywhere in this paragraph?" I mean, it's horrible. So I go through, and um, um, luckily I my husband's you know secret language so I, <laughs> I go through and clean up his his document and then um, you know slide him into the the manuscript and then we have a excellent excellent editor her name is Ken Hunter she Kim um, takes it and works magic with it but most of the editing is done I do most of the editing he does almost all the research and I do almost all the editing I find it funny with the editors uh, my wife included in that, <laughs> will say, okay, this is interesting, but what happens to this guy? Actually, turn the page. Have you read the next page yet? When you read the next page, you're going to get the explanation you're looking for. Or another thing that, that uh, yeah, our editor has done with us is, I have to start over. I just started reading the book and got intense into the book and forgot that I was editing the book. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I've gotten this out from my editors, like, like, uh, this is weird. What What is this? And I'm like, well, you know, it gets answered or, um, you know, you need to go back a couple pages because you missed the answer. You missed the little. I, I don't know. I, I Sometimes I might be too subtle. I spent two weeks researching that paragraph. You don't need it for the book. It's staying in. <laughs> yeah, we've been known to cut big chunks of things. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, People you, are like... Can you tell me what's going on with this area? Well, and that's part of how we ended up with the compendium book um, idea was that we have these these little, these good side characters and these good scenes, but they really don't push our story along. You know, they, they're really, and you don't want a book that's, you know, 800 pages. So we've, we've taken some of these characters and these scenes and, like, just hold on to them because, you know, they're, they're too good. So then we ended up with these little, um, we have the dark beginning uh, the two, and then the extant. Those are the three we have now. And they're just little short things that have characters that we loved and, and scenes that we loved, and then we expand a little bit to basically a short story. Um, what do you mean you don't want 800 pages? <laughs> I, what are you talking about? I have an 800-page book I've written sitting on my bookshelf behind me. Yeah. <laughs> like, I read epic fantasy. It's I've written epic fantasy. I had to... I hit the book binding limit on Amazon on my last book in this series I wrote, where I had to actually shrink my font size on this one paperback because it could not bind it uh, at its normal length. I, and I cut, and I cut, and I cut like 30,000 words out of that book. Yeah. 
Well, see, and that's that thirty thousand. You hang on to it because then it might you might end up spurring some other story with that. It wasn't. It wasn't. It was like it's. It's like it was more like just trimming up paragraphs or sentences, and mm-hmm. you you know you do that across a manuscript that's three hundred thousand words. Like yeah. you you could take you end up taking out quite a lot just by streamlining things. Yeah, I found, and it was also my earlier stuff, so I was a little more. My writing wasn't quite as streamlined, I guess, because I find I, I have to remove a little less of that stuff on my newer books. But um just, you know, you just you clean it up and it just you lost 30,000 words in the process. Yeah. <laughs> to my surprise. Like, I wasn't trying to cut it down. This just it just happened. But and I also never wrote a book that long again because it traumatized me. No, oh, no. <laughs> that was a chore. Like it was because it's like the conclusion to an epic fantasy series. And it was like it's like um the finale itself was. 80,000 words. Oh my goodness. Yeah, so like it was a novel just to write the, just to like the finale, the final like epic conclusion to it all. So it just, it, it, I got into the middle of that book and I just felt like it would never end. Like I'd never finish writing it and I'd be writing it for the rest of my life. That's kind of how we feel about <coughs> our Necromancer song series, our Traveler song. It's going to be bigger than we thought. Because <laughs> there's yes, too much, I mean, we still have so much story to tell. You know, we're not, we're not even, we're not there yet. We still have a lot of story to tell, so. Yeah, so I've been sticking around the 100,000. Mm-hmm. Like 10,000 words on either side of 100,000, so. Yeah, yeah. I try to, I try to get us to that, to around 100,000, 80 to 100,000. Yeah. I've been actually thinking about taking, um, the story and cutting it down to put out several smaller books to get things out to the readers as opposed to putting together a hundred thousand words, you know, 450 page book mm-hmm. and being able to put out something in a 300 page book so that we could, I could put more, we could put more out to the public mm-hmm. quicker. Yeah. No, I'm like when I started my, my current series that's being published on um, my outline for the original book one became books one, two and three. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wasn't sure if I wanted to write long or if I wanted to do shorter. And then when I got through like, um, kind of the first big like arc of the book, I was like, you know what? This is a good novel on its own. It's 91,000 words. So we'll just make this one a book. And I had written a couple introductory scenes for certain characters that were supposed to show up in the second and third parts of the series. And I was like, well, those scenes just, we'll just throw them somewhere in the next book because I don't need them in this book because they don't. They're not, there's no point in introducing these two characters and then they don't do anything in the entire book. It's just their intro chapter. Yeah. <laughs> Cause they don't meet up with my, my main characters until after like where I ended book one. So I was like, all right. Well. But yeah. So I didn't know that going in, like how I want to do it, but yeah, I kind of like, like do the shorter books that, you know, and just have more of them. They put them out like faster, I guess. Mm-hmm. Cause we, we were, I, I can do, I can put contemporary fiction novel out about one every six months, but with this one, it being so, so much, so, so much of a big story. And then of course, you know, you're creating this whole different universe, this whole different environment and all of that. Whereas with contemporary fiction, I'm just writing in real life, you know, so it's, it's not like I have to invent things. It's not as, it's, it's a different writing process altogether than fantasy. Oh, I know. I'm on my fifth invented world right now. I do get that. So, uh, where can our listeners connect with you guys on social media? We are, we're on Facebook. Um, and we have, uh, we're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Well, I'm on Twitter. 
and uh, the O'Garas. We have our website, the underscore no the dash O'Garas dot com, um, and we just have everything. We're looking at we're working with a marketing PR person, considering splitting. I have all we have all of our stuff, our fantasy, my contemporary fiction, my nonfiction, all on one website right now, and we're talking about splitting that up. So fantasy, our fantasy line has its own separate place on the inter- internet. So, but right now we're all at the dashogaras.com. Awesome. Well, it was really great chatting with you too. Yeah. Thank you. Right, I hope you both have a great day. You Thanks, too. You too. Bye. This has been Authors in Focus. You can find my fantasy novels on Amazon. Follow news of my writing at my blog, jmd-read.com, and follow me on Twitter, at jmdread. You can also join my reader group on Facebook, Fantastical Worlds of the Imagination. You can find more episodes of the podcast at fantasy-focus.com and wherever your favorite podcast is hosted.